0: or looking for a unique gift to give to someone at Christmas, check out my new book, The Ultimate I Deserve a Break Coloring Book. It's filled with inspirational designs created by me, um, all around giving and uh, living intentionally. So if you'd like to check that out, it's available on Amazon, as well as my new website at www.nelliahut.com That's www. Welcome to the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm Nelia Hutt. I am so honored and so grateful to have everyone return back for another episode. Whether you're listening in your car or you're listening at home, the important part is that you're open to listening to the episodes. And I really do appreciate the community and I hope that um, all of my guests have somehow made you think maybe outside the box or you've resonated with something that they've said. And today is going to be no exception. Today I have a wonderful new friend who I've just met but connected with right away. Her name is Jules. Hi, Jules. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hello.
1: Hello. I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I'm great. I love genuine
1: conversations. This is going to be amazing. Yeah, we seem to hit it off already, so we should not miss the beat.
0: (laughs) So Jules, she is an award-winning author, a speaker, and a bodybuilder and hopes to inspire others to push forward no matter the challenges. After enduring an abusive childhood, Jules decided to use her earlier trauma to enter recovery, sexually liberate herself, and enter the competitive world of bodybuilding. At age 49, Jules placed third at the NPC North American Championships in 2021. This is awesome. (laughs) Jules recently completed her guest appearance on Consenting Adults podcast with Lena Nguyen, an an Emmy Award-winning journalist and host. During her book launch tour, Jules has appeared on over 20 podcasts to discuss a variety of important topics, from her memoir, including Childhood Trauma, Sexual Abuse, Alcoholism, Shame, LGBTQ, and Alternative Lifestyles. And her book, Congratulations, The Making of a Woman, I hear is superb, and I cannot wait to read it. So as Jules says, going right into this uh, podcast, reach for the light despite the darkness. Oh, my God. When I read that, I can so relate, so relate. So Jules, welcome.
1: And uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh my gosh, that intro is like a nutshell. I mean, that's <laughs> that's beautiful. I love the way you put all that. Um, you know, I just, I guess in quick summary, this is a memoir. So it is a book about my life. And it begins in the Midwest back in the probably early 70s when uh, drinking is just part of the culture. And so, and my mom was also of the 70s. So here she is, now she is, now all of a sudden becomes a single mom and the decisions she had to make. And one of them, um, which was very detrimental is she married into a family that was very, very incestuous. And so I got lost into this big family and I lost my voice, I lost my identity. I just lost a lot of me and as a coping tool, Oh, I think what I did automatically is I just wanted to be in the shadows. I wanted to be out of like the spotlight because that meant I wouldn't get in any trouble or I wouldn't be called on or, and so that was the safest place. And so what happened though is I'm, I'm because of the trauma that's taking place in that family, on the inside, what's happening is this rage is building, 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 building. Now we're gonna catapult that forward I drop out of school at a very young, uh, very young age. And then now I'm in the adult world with these childlike behaviors and that rage as well. So what do I do to calm it? I drink it down, I drink it down, I drink it down. So alcohol was not a problem, It it was really the solution. And so taking that out onto the journey for probably 15, 19 years, I think I counted, um, and, and the people that interact and you cross paths with and the places I moved. And it was just, as I say in the book, is I'm just circling this drain and I cannot stop. I can't stop. It's like every step, I take a step lower and a lower and a lower. And then at age 35, I nonchalantly said to two of my friends, God, I just, I wish I didn't drink so much. And their little ears went up like antennas. <laughs> and I was in the rooms of recovery in 30 minutes. Wow. They took no, they took no time. And so, of course, that was lined up to, to work out that way. And so now in recovery, I've been able to lay those, you know, layers of armors down that those tools that used to work for me. I, Needless to say, don't work real well in the world of sobriety. Um, I don't have to fight those size of battles, so I needed to tone it down a bit. Um, But what it's also been able to do is allow me to relieve all of that, and then be able to really find out who am I, and you know what do I want, and what's my purpose in all this. And so it's been this magnificent journey. I'm I'm in my fourteenth year of living sober, and it it's 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 unbelievable. It's I mean, I joke that sometimes I just have to hold on to the side rails. I mean, it's (laughs) like, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing things that happened and has happened once I got out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize the programming from my childhood, the way I saw people, places, you know, that was part of, you know, this, it was almost like a a set of lenses, glasses that I would wear. And that's the way I would see the world. But when you take those foggy things off, wow, there's a lot, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of beautiful things. So that it is in a nutshell. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And you say that
0: drinking the alcohol was a solution at the time. Like I can understand that because it's sort of like people have certain addictions to numb, Mm -hmm. right. And to forget, Mm -hmm. but they don't realize until after that in order to survive, you have to feel the feelings. You have to feel the good, the bad in order to overcome, right. You can't just hide away from it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's, it wasn't an addiction, but it was an avoidance. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, it was um, suppressing any positive feelings for 12 years. For you, it was alcohol, you know? Um, But there's always something, unless we dig deep and and deal with the issue, the problem is not the addiction. It's not, you know, like you have to go back and, and really do the work. And it's hard, but like you said, being on the other side, and you can see before and after, all you wanna do is help people, right? (laughs) Say, I've been there, I've seen the before, I've seen the during and the after. This Mm -hmm. is so much better. Let me show you how good I feel now, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's so great putting on all that work. It must've been tough. So
1: congratulations. You know, As you're explaining that and how, you know, both you and I have come such a distance from that starting line, right? what I remember when I was first getting sober is, I mean, I started to see changes immediately. Like for me, it was like, I got the gift of tasting again mm-hmm. and smelling things once, you know? So it's like little things. So it's not like I had to project from the starting line all the way here. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like I don't know about like the great divine doesn't work that way for me. It is like, we are going to keep you on this path at at, at everything it takes. Like, so I'm going to, you know, and so hugs when I would go into the rooms and the women would wrap their arms around me and they would give me a hug and they say, Jules, it's good to see you. Oh my God. I haven't been told something like that in probably since my childhood. So those are little things that help me take (laughs) that next day. Right. And we have that thing of, it's, you know what? I just got to do this today. It's, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow I'll say, screw it and drink. But you know, but just right now for today, I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm gonna call my friend instead. So they are like baby steps, but man, when you start adding them up, you're just like, it is really unbelievable. <laughs> I, yeah, I never expected.
0: It. it sounds, hearing you talk, it sounds like it's completely rebirth for you. Completely, because okay. you saw, even though they were small changes, you experienced the the reward right away yeah that's like like this big awakening you know so a guest once told me I interviewed a guest early on in my show and he would say you can't take a step forward and backward at the same time Mm. and I love that and that's always with me
1: you know Mm -hmm. and it's so
0: true and when you were speaking that's what I could think of you know
1: Mm -hmm. and doing it with somebody Mm. you know like The rooms of recovery are packed with people who understand the way I see things through those lenses, the way I, my emotion, how I emotionally react to things. The people in the rooms Mm. were like-minded, right? So then when that happened, I had somebody else, you know, like as we were talking earlier, like (laughs) the girl across the room, her head is shaking and she's like, girl, I get it. I have been dancing on the tabletops. I get it, girl. Mm-hmm, you know, and it's like, oh my God, I am super safe here.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny? Don't you find that sometimes it's the strangers that become the closest to us so quickly? Because people in our circle sometimes they grew up as we did, mm-hmm. um, they have the same perception as we do, yes. and they haven't really been there. They've seen, you know, the crash coming, you know, yeah. but they haven't really. It was the same with me. It wasn't until you, you're surrounded by like-minded people, as you as mm-hmm. you put it, um, that you really feel grounded and you're like, "This is a safe place. It's okay, yeah. no matter what I say." Yeah. yeah. No matter yeah. what I say, it's going to be accepted, and sometimes uh. that comes from strangers. Honestly, yeah,
1: yeah. that so feels crazy. so good when that happens too.
0: Yeah, we talk about loneliness a lot on the show, and um, like you said, you can't do it by yourself. You no. need to have somebody with you. Mm-hmm. Life is hard enough already without having to go through things like you have, you know, on your own. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm glad for all those people in the world, you know, that reach out. And, <laughs> and in turn, now you're helping so many
1: people. Because there were, we, like they call them, we call them God in skin. Like, so there are the people, like you're saying, the strangers or that podcast, or for me, it was a lot of like music that really drove me yes. through some really dark times. Mm. You know, those are like that source, like in the present moment, for me, it's not in, a, in an organized uh, situation, right? And in fact, it's a, it's a relationship I have with this power. It's not, it's not being um, told to do by the power. It's definitely an exchange, And, yeah, looking back, it's like, wow, Source was everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Would you say that looking back without that community, it would have been so much more difficult?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of different ways to heal. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that um, because, I, you know, some people do it through therapy. You know, some people do it by being on a boat for three months. You know, there's all these different ways. And, again, it's almost like Source has whatever you need to do that right so for me personally when you look at my journey you see that i was very absent i was very alone i was navigating with you know the foggy glasses on in areas i should not have been dangerous area people you know and so god knew that when i got here and i was ready to be like i never want to go back to that dark space again So I personally needed that that group, that camaraderie, the connection of love.
0: Mm.
1: That happens to be my story because it was absent growing up, you know? So, but I know when I go out on the ocean and I'm sailing and there's just, there's nothing around, boy, that, I mean, that's that's super healing too. So I think it kind of depends on where you're at in the journey Mm. because God knows I've heard things that I heard 10 years ago that I was like, oh my God, that is the most profound statement ever. It's like, Jules, I've been telling you that for like four years now, you know? So yeah. it's like where I'm at in my journey, what layer, you know, of my armor has finally dropped that I can actually hear, you know, what, what I need to be, what I need to be told. So it's definitely an, an, an individual thing.
0: I love that Jules so much. Like the way that you just described it. Cause so many times It's like, I want to say that so eloquently, but it doesn't come out. So the way that you explained it right now, I'm like, yes, that's what that is, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's true, you know, even something as simple as put the mask on first and then, you know, on the airplane, I didn't Mm. understand that all my life. And then two or three years ago, I'm like, yes, I get it. But all these years flying and I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous, you know. (laughs) But you don't really, it just depends where you're at in your journey for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, what advice do you give to someone who's having trouble overcoming, overcoming shame or overcoming labels? And, you know, what is it we can say to those people if they're having a hard time?
1: You know, what really resonated for me because I am human just like everybody else. So I am not here for advice. (laughs) I am here to share what I've done and my experience, right? I can't go wrong. So my experience with that is, and and it pretty much backs up to what we just said, like you are exactly where you are supposed to be doing exactly what you're doing So if you're sitting there and your eyes are puffy because you've been crying for three hours, you're blowing bubbles and you got a pile of, you know, tissue off to the side, it's perfect to hear that. I have chills at this moment. It's like, I've got like my hair standing (laughs) up. It's like you, it's like my little person inside goes, it means I'm okay. Like, I, I can cry and I can like be a mess doing this, and I'm 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 a good girl. I'm I'm doing this right. But why and don't people is, tell us that? Source wraps his arms around to be like, you're doing it perfectly. And why weren't we taught that when we're younger? Because you know, we have egos, everybody expect, and we have boxes and expect you know expectations. And
0: if people would just let us know that that was okay growing up, yeah. we save ourselves so much pain. And I'm glad that we're talking about it more in this day and age because Mm -hmm. the new generation, I really see them having more, um, having the feeling of less armor needed, you know, like I just feel like they're more in tune with who they are, which is amazing. Like Mm -hmm. I have a 15 year old son and he's already further than I was at that age, you know, (laughs) and it's so important because when you're feeling like nobody cares about you or you're feeling just alone in the world and everybody is against you. Just Mm -hmm. to have somebody, like I still have chills, like when you said that, Mm -hmm. because, you know, to some people who are listening, it might not be a big deal, but to others, it's everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to that quote that you always say, reach for the light, despite the darkness, because how validating it is, it makes you feel seen, it makes you feel heard, it just makes you feel like a human being, when people can say it's okay to be broken.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know. And by the way, everybody does it and the people who say they don't, they're probably not that great of friends. And I think as you're talking about the generations have changed and we're we're kind of like growing out of the armor wearing and mask, you know, mask applying. You know, I think what's happening is that, you know I, I remember back with my mom. I mean, she had, she wore uniforms and every night she had to paint her nails to match the uniform for the next day. Mm. She worked in an office, like an agency, you know? So it's like, they just had such a great value on the way people were perceived, mm. right? That proper, you know, girls do this, guys do, you know, a good girl does this, a <laughs> not so good girl does this. I mean, yes. he's really like boxed out those dogmas and- And we're like, you know, no, that's, that's not it. So it's almost like, as we hear people are, um, we're evolving or, you know, we're, we're, um, uh, enlightened. Right. And I think that's really what's happening. That's that process that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that it has to shoot one side to a spectrum and then (laughs) it finds its middle ground. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I love the way you describe that. It's brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. So how, so the jewels before and the jewels now, how do you see yourself differently than you did before?
1: That little, i'm I'm not kidding. She was so small, yeah. so frail. Um, I mean, I was a toe head, which means I had like blonde hair and and these, my blue eyes and my really light skin, and and we were just skinny. <laughs> and And that just really represented what was going on as a whole. And so I was scared. I felt inadequate, um, I felt broken. The, you know, the, the trauma and that sort of stuff made me feel dirty. Um, Cause of course nobody was talking about that at school. And, and, and then now to go to almost part two, like as we, we described, it's like now, it's like I've ear- I have a feeling of like, I earned the love that I can give. I've earned the amazing connections I can have having conversations with other women. It's like, I have earned this love. And so it's almost like, I'm proud of it. I treasure it, you know, I'm, I'm very like in the moment with it. Um, and, and now it's like, I can, I can ask for help and not worry about judging if that adult is really gonna help me or is there an ulterior motive? So my life is like wholesome because of the people that that love draws into me it's it's two two different people
0: <laughs> I love that so much
1: you look so yeah like
0: honestly so what what in the middle what was the turning point like what happened like how did
1: things change when I got sober mm. that moment when I was sitting in the back of that car and i nonchalantly said those words I mean, it was almost like I catapulted into, it's almost kind of reminding me of like an ER. Like when if you're in the ambulance, yes. you know, your head, you're kind of fuzzy. You're like, what the heck is going on? Where am I? And you're sitting and, you know, next thing you know, you wake up, you got tubes coming up. You know, it's, it kind of was like that phenomenon. So yes. I'm sitting in this room and it wasn't that I was drunk or anything. I think just, I was intoxicated just with my 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 chemistry, my, the way I saw life. And, yes. and so sitting in that room and, the tears. I'm not kidding. They didn't stop. It was the first time I had cried in, I don't even know how long. And I just cried and cried and cried. And, and I still have the little envelope that they pass around because all the women give you their telephone number and say, girl, if you want a drink or you have any problem, call me first Mm. before you pick up. And I still have that today. It's very, very much a cherished, cherished part. And so, um, I think that is when it started to take place and it was that the the contrast between the two worlds that I as as desperate as I was to survive before that day all of that went into desperation of getting a better life there was no way in hell I was going back to those people those places and I wasn't going to be doing those things I was not going back And I think that's why I've catapulted, like I'm coming out of a cannon, you know, because it's like, I'm ready. Exactly. Exactly. Like your
0: friends, the fact that your friends, you know, 30 minutes you were in, you were getting help. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like they knew you were ready before you knew, or at least they were hoping, like, Perhaps they were secretly saying, I really hope that she gets ready to, you know, because it sounded like they were like, as soon as she says it one day, we're going to do it. And
1: this girl's a I hot mess. We're
0: hoping <laughs> it's true though. Right. Yes. I think they were yes. just kind of like, oh my God, this is the moment we need to do it before she changes her mind, you know, and thank God for people like
1: that. Right. My God, God and friends, skin. you know, but let's not, yeah, let's not kid ourselves though. You put in the work. I put in the work, but I also was given the direction. Yes. And that's what I lacked before. I was putting in the work all along. Mm -hmm. I was working to survive. I was working to keep my money in my bank accounts, working, working, working. But Mm -hmm. I had no guidance. I had no direction because I'm still living on those really adolescent understandings of what life was. Yeah. So for
0: all the people that are listening, this is why it's important to learn how to receive because sometimes we give and on this show we talk a lot about giving but it's just as important to let people help us Uh, we all need it at some point sometimes you know multiple times in our lives if we really live life without fear we will hit it many times Um, i think the people that feel like they have this perfect life aren't really living their life um so, you know, if you're out there and you're listening to the show, you can be that person for somebody else. I think it's so, so important. It's a beautiful story. I
1: love it. So how do you feel writing the book? Like, how was how the process for you? You know, this was something that i had heard all along, like, girl, you got to write a book, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you have survived some crazy stuff, this, you need to write a book, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, because this was just life, there was nothing special about me, I did what all the other people did in my circle, right, we, <laughs> and so I did not see the difference of what normal, people actually endure and what I had endured. And so, um, it was actually back in college when that seed was planted. Um, Mm. one of my girlfriends said, girl, you got to write a book. And I was like, God, what will we call it? (laughs) I'm like, Oh, the making of a woman, you know? And so that was- how many years ago? Um, and so, but again, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy sitting in, in stillness because I'm able to really receive, as you're speaking of, like receive that guidance of like, what really is resonating with me right now? And, you know, I had been doing documents and kind of trying to write on my own and it's spitting and sputtering and I was just not getting anywhere. And and uh, And so then it just, you know, pieces came together. The opportunity came up, I did some research and I found Marlena. And Marlena is this most beautiful soul of a woman. Mm. And so I got to tell my story over a course of, say, four to five months. Mm. And she was the woman on the other side going, like, so she took all of these emotions mm. and she put them into words. And together we created this amazing, and she's an entity of her own, right? The medium of a woman.
0: That's yeah. True. I can imagine how close you guys are oh. sharing that. Yeah. You know, and trying to, it's more than interpreting somebody's story. It's like, you have to be in it. Yes. Really to really feel the pain and feel, you know, life, life is funny. You know, it's so hard when we're in pain, but without the pain, there are no
1: gifts either. No. You know, I have this saying it's called, and this is something I had to I had to learn something to be able to get into that acceptance mode because so much of life was really not acceptable to me. Hmm. And so what, and then before and after sobriety, I mean, traffic is never acceptable to me, but but (laughs) one of the things that I had learned is that the judgment is really what differentiates, right? The judgment, how I see something, we're talking about the glasses. So if I were to see things as it's not good, It's not bad. It just is. Mm. So when I grab that concept and I apply it to what happened to me when I was a little girl, Mm -hmm. it's not good. It just is. It's not bad. It just is. Mm -hmm. And then this gives me a sense of understanding that what's mine and what's not. And so like you were talking about your, you know, your dark times. It's not bad. It -hmm. just is. Because you're right, I think everything is in balance. I go to the gym and I'm dying. But what is my, you know, what's the other side of that? I think sometimes we fail to see pain as a necessity. Pain is change. I don't ever want that to go away. I don't want it to last forever. I want to be a quick learner and don't get me wrong, but you know, but but really without one, I'm not going to totally appreciate the other. So without what i endured earlier in my in my time my lifespan do i think this life would be that glamorous to me if i was accustomed to it no mm. so that's how i'm able to see it as that wasn't bad mm. it, it just is right
0: i love that so much you know mm. what do you
1: what do you do for self care for yourself ah uh, mm. first i had to learn how to do that mm. um Little things I can, oh, this is going to, I've not usually get to share these kinds of things, but back when, you know, right when I was getting sober, it's kind of like that the veil came off and I started to realize like, oh my God, I only got one body. And, you know, there's only (laughs) so many years left in this lifetime, you know, that kind of moment, but honoring myself to even go to the bathroom when I needed to go.
0: Wow!
1: And as silly as that sounds, if you think about when you're working on something, mm-hmm. or you're running an errand, you're running from one place to another. How often will you stop for self-care, feed yourself, you know, hydrate yourself, you know, relieve yourself? It's you, a we bare really minimum. don't. Yes, we don't because we're like, I'm gonna get to this place and just I'll do it. I'll do it when I get home, or I'll. Okay, so that's where mine first started. Basic, basic. Um, going to the dentist that mm-hmm. wasn't something I did regularly. Mm-hmm. We didn't have dental insurance. It wasn't an option. I wasn't taught that. Um, and having just the first three months of sobriety, you know, your, your emotions are just, I mean, they're, they're just raw. And so what we'll do is we use little things like um, we'll have like almonds, just little something in my purse so that I don't get hungry. Mm. Because we have a thing that's called HALT, H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So if I can satisfy all those things, most likely I'm going to be in balance.
0: I love that. I got to write that down.
1: (laughs) So that's where, and I cannot take credit for that. (laughs) That's something I definitely learned, but, you know, just really, I think even just being mindful to like, even turn in to be like, am I hungry? When is the last time I ate? You know, those are the little things that really get that momentum. And it's, you know, now it's kind of like um, taking a bath, (laughs) some amazing, you know, scents in the tub and I love music and it's nice and warm in there. And the candles are, oh my gosh, I want, I don't want anybody else in there. It's just me and my water and my dog is down, of course, always right by my side, but it's just like this, (sighs) it's just me and source in there.
0: I love that. (laughs) <laughs> I love it and so yeah. you know, I found that before I could start with my self-care mm. excuse me I had to love myself first because I found that when I wasn't taking care of myself was when I really didn't like who I was mm. and I didn't you know sometimes when we're not sure of who we are we tend to believe what other things other people think we should be oh yes And when I stopped doing that and I said you know I deserve more that's when I could start so did you find that once you hit once you started the sobriety was when you paid more attention to those things as opposed to before or did you always have some form of um looking after yourself
1: and no in fact like this is where I lived right Mm -hmm. here this was my survival, this is my decision maker, you know, now I'm actually attached to the rest of me, (laughs) so I can feel things, I have intuition, you know, I have, I have that love, so I still, like, mine seems opposite than yours, so what they taught me, you know, is, A lot of physical things in the first year like this is how you go to a party without drinking this is how you you know don't drink in the middle of the night you know a lot of physical things and one of those things was um you need to start you know Jules have you eaten yet today Mm -hmm. you know like so mine wasn't love myself care for myself it was the other way so Mm -hmm. I had to just start caring for myself and the love then came after.
0: Okay, I can see that. I'm yeah, like-
1: and you know, you said the word deserve and it's still that just, that's one of those words that just like, <gasps> because I can still hear my mom, you know, or, you know, something in somebody in my past saying, you don't deserve that. So the word deserve has so much power to me. So mine is birthright that I am trying to wrap, you know, like I, my birthright is supposed to be love and abundance and okay. I'm going to have to take that one in piecemeal because that doesn't feel that doesn't feel right yet. And maybe it's just semantics, but it's interesting. Mine seemed to go backwards. Like I had to get into like the, you're Mm going to do this. And then this is a result. This is the action. This is the, you know, the the outcome.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I can see it from both both journeys, you know. Every that's just to say, you know, nobody's journey is exactly the same, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think most of us want similar outcomes. You know, we all want to feel like we belong somewhere. We all want to feel as healthy as we can. We want our minds to be open, and you know, all these beautiful things. Like I feel like such a connection. Like the whole time you've been talking, I have like hairs on my arms that are, I don't know what it is, but it's sort of like, I want to feel like I want to give you a hug or something. Like, I just feel so great talking to you.
1: Yes. You know, this is also something, um, you were talking about people have different stories and yeah, but my is like this, or yeah, but you're a girl or you know, yeah, buts is what I call those. Um, and <laughs> if you think about it, everybody's story is different, but we all have the same language of heart. Mm. So you know, what loneliness feels like. I know what loneliness feels like. I know what despair and loss feels like. I know what joy feels like. And I know what it just takes over my whole body. We can speak the same there. Mm-hmm. And that was something they taught us is when you go in, listen to the commonalities. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually do that when I meet people, you know, in the elevator or, you know, it's like, okay, let's go deeper. If there's something about them on the outside that is kind of like, I'm like, okay, let's go deeper. Like, how can I connect with them deeper? You know, and it's always never fails. It goes right to that language of, of the heart. And that's where we all can speak very fluidly.
0: Oh, I think we have to let our guard down to do that because sometimes I have a hard time speaking with certain women. It's almost mm. like not like some women I find are in competition with one another. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we just let our guards down and realize we don't have to be in competition with each other, we're, we're, we can be family. You know, we can be more, you know, we can be friends. We can live in this world together and not... Mm-hmm. I don't know it just I've had those moments in my life and it just why does it have to be that way you know like in high school most of my friends were were men for that very reason ah. you know and I just yeah but as I'm getting older we were talking about the age
1: thing because we're both the same age you know we and are we're, we are knocking on 50s door <laughs> yes, coming I'm, in
0: <laughs> I'm okay with it I'm totally okay I'm with okay it with it you know <laughs> I loved my 40s yes there was like, the you know, 30s, I was a bit unsure. I had some, you know, things up and down. I'm fine with it. I'm ready. Like, it's just more wisdom. I don't yeah. feel, you know, it just makes me feel more secure. It's, it's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful feeling too. And maybe we had to have those other experiences to mm-hmm. be in this much joy of getting older. <laughs> I <think that's>
0: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, so I like... don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> I've accepted it. And yes. It just, Yeah. It just, I don't know. There's something about it that just feels right. Like there's something that just, it's okay. Like we start to care more about ourselves and less about how other people see us. Although we still Mm -hmm. want to be liked and we still, you know, everybody does it's human nature, Mm -hmm. but I think it it won't define how we, how we are, you know, how we
1: accept ourselves. And I think in our lifespan, we're at the point now where we're the teachers, Mm you know, and there's different lifespans that we go through and and this is where we're at. Now we get to, again, all the stories are different, but we get to go in and, and help people cross those bridges. And a minute ago, you were talking about how some people, you're just, it's like this competition, and I wanted to comment because that was something I struggled with, especially as a bodybuilder competitor, yeah. right? Like, how do I supposed to go on the stage and not compete with my fellow woman? Right. right. And, and I wasn't evolved enough to see anything past that vein. And so what I have noticed is that usually competition or that kind of feeling is based in my ego. Hmm my ego always wants to be first. She always wants to be the best. So I always got to keep her in check, right? And so also when I'm not in that ego, which is again here (laughs) and I'm go back into my heart, it's almost like the law of attraction has to take place. Like I have to open up just a little bit, uncomfortably, right? Vulnerable, a little bit of courage there. And then that automatically starts happening. And so what I've learned to do is when I meet somebody that's kind of in that state, mm. something simple, like oh, your lipstick looks fantastic. Mm. Boop. You know? So sometimes you just, it's just, you just got to throw it out there. It's like, it's not in the room. You just got to throw the bait, you know, and it's amazing. But that, that takes some courage. Cause I'm telling you, some of those women out there are hard, <laughs> strong women who are like, ah, Yes, <laughs> but
0: strong doesn't need to need to mean standoffish. Exactly. You know, we could be powerful and not
1: bitchy. Yeah, I think that's a stereotype that the, fe- the feminine movement got, <laughs> you know. That's because we did. We wore these like staunch, like the jackets, the, you know, with the big paddings in them, you know, like we're gonna be men. And they're like, you're not men. It's like, well, I'm acting like a man and I'm gonna be but now look at some of the women. I mean, the one that comes to mind is like Michelle Obama.
0: Mm. Oh my
1: God. Yes. Power More educated. A lot of the people I even know. And yes. Power very strong power. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Strong, powerful, feminine women.
0: And with no apologies.
1: None. You know what I mean? That's what's attractive as a person to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it when I'm in that space. Yeah. It's like, I get to dance over there every now and then. And when I do, it's kind of like, this feels good. <laughs> and for, the listeners, for the listeners that aren't there yet, that's what it can feel like. And that's yeah.
0: why you need to take care of yourself. And it's okay to put yourself first. It's not selfish. It's brave. I say that in my trailer all the time, because mm. as, as girls, when we're young, I know f- for me, I'm not going to speak for you, but I wasn't taught self-care. It's like, do this for others, do this for others, which I love, I'm a big giver and I love it. But you get to a point where sometimes when you say yes all the time, you start to resent and you start to feel guilty and angry toward that person. So sometimes you need to step back you know, and not allow all this pressure on yourself. And I think if people are listening and they're not quite there yet on the other side where they feel that, it's coming. You know, like just stick with it and don't apologize for who you are, despite, you know, all the things do not do that. Um, That is what I think is going to
1: get you closer and closer to who you really are. I've actually taken the words I'm sorry out of my vocabulary. I love that. And it's not because, because again, that's my, that's another avenue of communication, right? Is the words that come out of my mouth. Because one time somebody I, you know, again, I found that I said it all the time mm. and the person finally turned to me and said, you know what? You are not sorry. Like, in other words, you're not a sorry ass. It's like, no, you're not. So stop saying I'm sorry because mm. you're not that person. Mm. And little things, mindfulness like that, like the power of the word, because I mean, there's always something chattering on back here, <laughs> of, you know, what it could have should is and all the other good stuff, Right but just little things like that. It's like I'm um, no, I'm not a, a sorry person. No, I'm a beautiful person. You know, things like that really really have an impact. Yeah. So true.
0: What would you say to a younger
1: version of yourself, Jules? Looking at- Oh. Man, she was a warrior. Um <laughs> if she would even let me talk to her, touch her, give her a hug. <laughs> But I think I would, just like I mentioned earlier, you're exactly where you're supposed to be.
0: Mm.
1: You're doing exactly as you're supposed to do, right? So every circumstance or situation I got myself into that I felt like I was a loser or whatever, whoever told me nothing and worth nothing, it's all part of the big picture. Mm. So you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So whatever's right in front of you, keep doing that.
0: Mm. Beautiful. I know for me, I always say, it's okay, it's not your fault. Is one thing I say uh, a lot to myself. The adult should have been there for you. And it's not, you know, you were just a child. You only did what you knew.
1: One powerful, this might resonate with you. I hope it does because it gave me great relief. I was at um, a, a children's type of trauma workshop um, in Arizona and the lady had said, you're right. It's not your fault. You were not responsible of what happened to you when you were little, but you are responsible about what you do with it now. Absolutely. Do you know how much power how- I felt I, ha- I was no longer a victim? I am responsible. And what do I choose to do? Hmm. I choose to share it. And I choose to stick my neck out on the line, whatever, to make sure that maybe somebody else has that option of not doing what I've done, right? Thank
0: you. Thank you for speaking up. And thank you for, you know, sharing. It's not easy to share when you first start sharing. But the more and more you tell your story, the more it heals ourselves, the more it helps other people. It's just a beautiful thing. Everybody Mm -hmm. wins, right? They really do. You know, and when you go through these pains in life, if you can't help people get to the other side. I mean, you know, isn't that what it's all about? Just, we learn and then hopefully we can teach and-
1: I I plant seeds. I'm a seed (laughs) planter because, you know, let's face it in the rooms of recovery, people, everybody's on their own journey. And so I have no idea if this is the first or the last relapse, I have no idea. Or if any in between, right? And so I then took the responsibility of, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna plant a seed. Because remember, we were talking, you know, I could have told you that five years ago, and now I think it's a brilliant idea, you right. know. So it's like whenever they're ready to hear that, receive that.
0: Force it on anybody. No.
1: No, you no. can't change anybody but yourself. No. I know when people tried to change me, that certainly didn't happen. <laughs> me neither. Me neither.
0: Is there anything we didn't talk about that you would like to speak about today? Anything in addition to what talking about, or anything about your
1: book, or anything at all? Any
0: message you have for the listener out there?
1: You know, we're going into holiday season, and we call this the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. We have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, and we have New Year's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for a lot of us, I think both in recovery and not in recovery, I mean, let's face it, we're all human. We all use different devices. Um, I think that this is a very, the insides don't match the outsides. Mm. And I say that because what I'm feeling, I think I should be feeling during this holiday season is not what I'm seeing. Right? So, and, and that gives me guilt. That gives me shame. Like, why can't I just go to my family's house and have one drink and, you know, happy, joyous, and free, and then go ahead and go back home. And why can't I do that? Why does my family, why do I have the drunks in my family? Why, you know, what, you know, it's all that shame. And then of course, then we have all our package, what we have inside. And so I think going through this kind of season, what I would do is I would always make sure I was with somebody else. And that would be things like, I picked up extra shifts at the hospital, mm-hmm. right? That was my way of giving because they were thrilled to have the shift off. Right. I also made extra money, it was a win-win. <laughs> but be giving. And it sounds, it sounds so cliche, but really what happens is, is that you're the one who receives the gift. Like when I give of my time or I give of my ears and my empathy, I'm the one who's receiving the gift. Again, goosebumps. I love. It. <laughs> and those are little things. So when I start going static, when I'm like, dum, da, dum, da, dum, it's like, okay, I am taking too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to go give back. I need to go give, give. And then that, that, that energy exchange starts taking place again. And it's something as simple, girl, you just got to open the door for the lady coming behind you. Better yet, open the door for the guy coming behind you, you know, like help the lady carry, you know, whatever into the grocery cart. I mean, opportunities are everywhere in today's world. (laughs) So beautiful.
0: beautiful. I love the way you describe that. Honestly, it just makes you, even without I don't know how to explain this even without um, putting it into words. Cause sometimes they the language has not caught up with feelings. Like mm-hmm. there are no words sometimes to describe certain emotions. That's how I feel. It's like these new mm-hmm. words need to be created. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think anything that exists right now sometimes can describe the feeling that I feel when I give. Right. So I always say that fuzzy feeling because it's not <laughs> anything I can describe in words, but like small things like that, you know, gestures, how it just, even without you realizing it's going to, it just makes you fuller. It makes you feel, I don't know, more grounded. It makes you stand a bit taller. It makes you smile inside of your body, you know? And I love that so much.
1: I'm thinking there are two things that came to mind, as simple as like smiling, mm. you know, smile. This thing is, is really loud okay. when it comes to body language right and the other one that i have found people are a bit blown away is when after i'm done on the phone i'll be like i appreciate your help oh my hey thanks you have a great weekend tell somebody you can you appreciate them and what my husband does this is a golden one for all the men who are out there listening i'm telling you put this one down because as a woman i'm very emotional and a lot of times it's like oh my god how do i help her (laughs) And so what he does is he walks in and he just pauses and he says, How can I help? Mm. Oh my God. That just it deflates oh anything that I'm battling with. So little the power of the word. I don't need to be out there preaching it. I just need to throw a smile every now and then. And all like it's the baby steps, right? Just like getting sober. Baby steps. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give three people a smile today. Mm. That's it, you know? And after a while, then it's because that's your higher self. And I think after a while that just starts coming out naturally. And to be honest, I prefer to live in that vibrational level. I hate the dark space. I hate that. Oh my God, is so that it's yes. it's so much work.
0: <laughs> when you're there, isn't it? I don't know, but when you're there, sometimes it can be so comfortable. Totally. And it's everything that's outside of that is so scary. And mm. There's no energy to even start the journey, but know that when you do, you know, then this is the other side, you know, how beautiful it is, how worth all those, you know, hard days, right?
1: And I found also that the more I do, like what we're talking about, like my father recently passed away. And so, and, and this would be, this would be a time where most people will go in deep like, they'll go in deep, and they'll cry from the roots of, you know, of their being, and I couldn't, I couldn't go that deep, like I used to be able to. Like, when I would sob to the point where I was, like, almost dying feeling. It's like, and it's not that I didn't love my father's, none of those things. It's just, like, that dark space is, not there like I really tried because well everybody else is doing it right it's a problem and it just wasn't there and 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 I mean I have a different love for my father than perhaps his partner or what you know but to see that I could not go there Mm -hmm. wow because I used to dump in there any minute in a heartbeat right Mm -hmm. so yeah I think with practice that 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 darkness kind of it kind of just kind of closes down
0: yeah and again you reach for the light despite the darkness
1: (laughs) even if you have to claw out girl just keep going keep the movement
0: forward is a movement
1: forward
0: yes it really is I so appreciate all your insights and and sharing your journey with me and and with everyone who's listening um yeah I took so much away from our conversation Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I really appreciate that. And I'm so happy that you're in a, the place that you're at. Cause honestly, you're just, you know, you're just glowing, right? You're just <laughs> tell that you're really in tune with yourself. And, and I love that so much.
1: Yeah. You know, and it feels good. Cause I wasn't beaming like this a, a little bit ago when we couldn't get the, the sound going, right? Like this beam, <laughs> this beam that takes place uh, is because I'm connecting with you. I'm getting chills because I'm connecting with you. I mean, we're we're two spirits having a human experience, right? It's like that's what I'm feeling. So that's why I think, hey girl, look at you. Have you slipped at yourself? You're glowing over there, you know. You, you know, it, it's you're relaxed. You're, you know. It, and I think that's because of this energy between. And I think that's why it's so important to not do things alone, because we're pack. We're pack people. We're supposed to live in. You know, in, yes. in community, we don't we're supposed to live by ourselves.
0: No. And I love spending time alone. I'm like a real loner. Like, I love to read and mm. spend time by myself. But when I am connecting with somebody, I have to be all in. Otherwise, it just doesn't feel authentic to me, you know? And I just would rather not have the conversation at all. I,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, is this find it so draining to be fake. And mm. it's not something that I strive for. <laughs> to be you know but it's just when you start to look past what people look like and where they live and what their you know financial situation is and all those things all you see are human beings Mm -hmm. you see human beings with 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 pain with things to celebrate with beauty with you know even their mistakes it doesn't matter because you're not hiding it Those are the types of people that I'm attracted to are people that are not afraid to say, I don't have it together.
1: Mm -hmm. Or I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Like,
1: I have no experience in that.
0: Exactly. Just to be honest, because that's who we can learn from, that's how we can keep an open mind you know, so many things. And there really does need to be a lot, a lot less judgment in the world when it comes to lots of different things, Mm -hmm. you know, and creating labels and get to know the person. Not anybody can be put into one category.
1: Mm -hmm. But that also takes you having the courage to be the change. Like we've heard this before, like you know, like as a woman, I'm say a muscle girl, right? I step into an elevator and people are like, (laughs) you know, or, you know, if I'm dressed up and I've been, you know, nice heels on or something, boom, I'm shoved into another box. Right. Yes. And, and I think, and, and that's what my whole book is about, like breaking down those boxes and the dogmas and what it takes though, is just like we talked about, like She's judging me and I'm probably looking at her, judging her right back, right? This is instinctual. My, the eagles are at it, you know, <laughs> but really it's that having that courage to open you up a little bit. Like if you desperately want to feel the change, mm. you're the only person you can change. So like anything, whatever it takes for you to open up a little bit, and this must be in the heart center because I'm doing this often, but if like the minute I can do that, And that requires me to be vulnerable. There's some courage there, but then that allows me to get in and see that you are not the box I've just put you in. Mm. And sometimes people's belief systems aren't even their own. Mm -hmm. They're from their father or their grandma or heaven forbid their whole culture. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so like kind of like give us all a break and let's just like try to go at each other easy. Absolutely.
0: Because what that, it comes back to what you were saying before, Jules, like what happens to us as children? um, It's not like you were saying, I'm trying to think of your exact words and I can't, you know, it's not coming to me right now, but what you, what happened, like you were saying,
1: oh, what was the quote? Is this the one where you're responsible? Yes. Okay. So what happened to you as a little girl is not your fault but what you do with it as an adult yes, is your it. responsibility. Thank yes. you for that. I just yes. kind of drew a I kind of felt that. I felt and that it, vibe.
0: And it's <laughs> so true because when you're, I don't know, I believe in that so much. And I've I've heard that before. It's mm-hmm. almost like that was not your fault, but you not doing anything now, that's your choice. Yeah, that's yours. Yeah. You were an asshole when you were a child, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, because there are kids sometimes mm-hmm. that are beautiful, but they can be quite mean and <laughs> things. And then they grow up to be these adults with these power, you know over people. and you know, yes, you may have learned that as a child, but if you're not changing it now and you know it, that's all on you, totally. Like all of it is on you. you know i had I had a time in my life where I honestly hated people, and because people were so mean and so cruel and and I think what you just explained the more you're open to change and the more you allow these conversations to take place and not have these labels in these elevators and all these things mm-hmm. the more i love people because i am allowing myself to see more than maybe you know but it takes an effort on my part absolutely what you mm-hmm. said um but in doing that, I do love people. I don't hate people like I used to, but I'm also giving people a chance where maybe I didn't before, you know? If I can, if I can be open with my mistakes, mm-hmm. then I can accept other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. If I can be open with my fears, then I can be there for other people when they're afraid, you know? You can't do that unless you
1: practice it. That's what I believe. And I've been told that if life was fair, I would be dead.
0: Mm.
1: Let's face it. It's not that I didn't get thrown into, I just didn't get caught. I didn't get caught doing this. I didn't get caught that. So when I get on the other side and I'm like, ah, life is not fair. Da, 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 it's like, you want to talk about fair? I've done some things like I think anybody else, the things that I'm not real proud of. You know, something came to mind when you were talking about that energy and like, oh, you just really didn't like people. And it's kind of like um y- you can give what you have. Yes. And if you don't have it you can't give it yes so again it's kind of a like you know that law of attraction yes mm-hmm.
0: and I have seen people that just don't have it to give mm-hmm. and I've tried to reach a couple of those people and some of them have been so receptive in you're right I'm missing out on something here wow you no know? But then others have been like, well, don't think you're better than me. So it just depends on the person receiving it, you know, But mm-hmm. for the piece of, you know, I'm like, I try to come from a place of not, I'm not better than anybody. And I don't know more than anybody else. I just come from a place of my own experience. But if I say to somebody, perhaps, um, I just know that you're missing out on this thing because you're not opening up your mind, like in an, in a kind way, you know? Mm-hmm then I come from a place of, I know that you could feel better. You just maybe need to take some time and think about things or I don't tell them how to do it or what they should be doing. That's not my place. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you can show people that perhaps their perception is holding them back Ah. from being and feeling better, you know, that is something that I do try to do because I think sometimes when people don't know, because they haven't been taught, then Mm -hmm. they do need somebody. Like you said, everybody needs some guidance. You know,
1: everybody Mm -hmm. needs those seeds, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I try to be an example. And I mean that by being in that higher vibration, having the connection we're talking about right now. But I also really respect where people are on their journey. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because I am sure that my mom and other beautiful people along my path desperately sat me down and tried to pound into my little brain what I was doing is harmful or who I'm hanging out with is wrong or I wasn't at that stage of my path of my journey right and so that's how I can understand why because again people come in sober they go back out they come back in it's like maybe this is number seven of your 10th you know, maybe you're supposed to do like 10 relapses and you're on number seven, it's not by mistake. So it gives me that acceptance of where people at on their own journey, because we all have to you're find out.
0: me of that, because sometimes mm-hmm. I, I'm frustrated with my 15-year-old mm. and it's not that he doesn't understand my message. He's not really too
1: ready to receive what I'm saying. And it might not be from your mouth.
0: Yes. And if I remember that, then maybe I won't be so hard on him. You know, like you're, you're teaching me something right now in what you just said. So
1: thank you. you. Have you listened to Wayne Dyer? No, he had seven children and he (laughs) he is like this most magnificent spiritual guru. Mm. Right. And he has, he comes from recovery he was in an orphanage. And then in his adult life now, and when you look at his, you know, you'll see like years of years and years of work he's done. And just recently I was listening to one of his YouTubes and he was talking about how, you know, like maybe he needed to learn patient and patience and how that child right there, <laughs> you know, like I'm I don't own that child.
0: Mm.
1: I'm I'm a guider of that child. I don't have the same makeup as that child does or understanding because they're in a different generation. It's like to understand where he he starts and or where he ends and that one starts. He's got some good stuff to chew on. So
0: that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely, I recommend him. He definitely moves my mountains quite a bit when it comes to like the way I see things. It's like Oh, yeah, I need to get much bigger on that picture. Yeah, I'm always
0: open to learning of new people. Like, yeah, it sounds great. Thank see you. If he, see
1: if he resonates with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Where can welcome. we find your book? Oh, gosh. You know, the best place to go is I call it the mothership, is the website. Um, it's called, it's uh, www.themakingofawoman.com. And on there, you will find everything from the podcast that I've got to be on, the book, uh, various events, um, and other things that are coming up. And There's so
0: fabulous book trailer on there that I is that that not cool? love it.
1: I, I never even heard you of you one, one that of that those. Because it was beautifully done. Mm, Thank you. It. I wanted the power, right? That power of that emotion for you to mm. feel that. Oh, I'm glad I heard that from you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. It was beautiful. I, I recommend everybody you know, <laughs> to go on the website, but to watch that that is really, really pretty. Yeah. Really powerful. Thank you. So thank you for allowing, you know, for just coming and being you and just coming on the show and teaching us and sharing with us, you know, all these brilliant golden nuggets today.
1: And mm. uh, I had such a wonderful time. I know. This is a beautiful way to wrap up my day. I don't know about you, but I'm, 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 this is, this is perfect. I love it. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> thank you so much, Jules. Yes, and, thank you. Uh,
0: you have a lovely day and yeah, I can't wait to hear what people are going to say after
1: this episode, because I think yeah. you've really helped people today. And I really do appreciate that very mm-hmm. much. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that I was able to, to share some of this. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.